Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. Before we get into today's interview with Michelle Graskoff, I want to tell you about a new image transfer tool I've been using lately called PicDrop. PicDrop's a really great tool for whenever you need to send off your files to your clients or whoever you're working with. You can create private galleries, uh, different folders for whatever various assignments you're working on. And your clients can actually write notes on the photos you send to them and rate them. It's just a really easy way to keep everything organized in one spot. And when you need to send off those big files, this makes it uh, this really convenient. I've been using it for a few months now, and I, I really enjoy it. You know, it's just kind of helped me kind of streamline my workflow for years, I was using like Dropbox and WeTransfer and things like that. But with PicDrop, it was actually designed by photographers, so they really understand what photographers need. And actually, with today's episode, if you enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, you're going to get three months free of the image transfer tool PicDrop when you sign up at PicDrop.com. So definitely go check it out and let me know what you guys think. And remember to enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER when you sign up at PicDrop.com and you'll get three months free. And without further ado, we'll get into the Michelle Groskopf interview. Thanks so much. Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Michelle Groskopf. Michelle has worked with clients such as Wired Magazine, Time, Apple, and Bloomberg Business Week, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Michelle about how she went from a career in production to becoming a photographer. And I also speak to her about her experience photographing Wired Magazine's 25th anniversary issue, where she photographed some of the tech industry's biggest names, such as Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, and Jack Dorsey, to name a few. Michelle has a unique style and approach to photography, so I was really excited to get a chance to speak with her. So I hope you enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. Well, M- Michelle Groskoff, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks so much for taking time to do this. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm real good, real good. Sunny day in Los Angeles. No complaints. Yeah, well, that's all you guys got out there. 70 and sunny every day. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty um, much. Sometimes it's like 115 and then it's not so good. <laughs> yeah, but, for yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> I guess to start off, I was kind of curious, like, what you've been working on lately? Anything, uh, what's been on the docket for you lately? Uh, well, lately I've been working a lot for various uh, magazines, um, so I've been like traveling a bit and doing little fun stories, and then for myself, it's just a constant um, ongoing project of me just wandering around and shooting my street photography, so I was out yesterday and uh, the day before. So just, you know, when I'm not working on assignments, I'm generally out experimenting on the street for myself. That's cool. That's that's good to hear, though. Magazines are still, like, sending photographers places. Because um, I know, like, talking to some, yeah. some photo editors, a lot of it's they kind of search locally, but it's kind of cool to hear they're still sending you places and kind of traveling. Is that, uh, that kind of exciting for you, is kind of going to new places and trying to explore pretty much? Oh, yeah, I love it. I mean, I actually, I think I I travel more for work than I do in Los Angeles, oddly. Mm. I often get, I think a lot of editors assume that LA, that Cal, I don't, that LA is, ha, is like very close to certain California cities. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they'll often consider me 
for a trip to say San Diego or San Francisco or, you know, whatever, different, yeah. like, yeah, whatever. And, uh, I'm often like, Oh, that's like a whole day trip, but <laughs> I'm into it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I'm going to Vegas next week. I've, I've been getting some assignments from some European, um, newspapers and magazines as well. So that's nice. And they send me around. Interesting. Is that, is that, is that, is that like a market you've been like marketing to or how do those jobs usually come about for you? Um, I don't know how any of it happens, honestly. (laughs) Like I'm serious. I think word of mouth or people see my work. I have a very specific style. So I think like if people want that style, then they know that they can reach out to me and um, I have a good track record for um, working under various circumstances with famous people, with just general stories, with, you know, uh, kind of off the cuff stuff. So, and brands. Mm. So I think my, my reputation for doing good work is growing, which is really nice. Mm. And, and that's all I can guess. Yeah. I have no idea otherwise. No, nah, that's cool. And when you're like traveling for these assignments, will you kind of take time to kind of wander around and do some street photography photography for yourself at all? Does Is that ever um, part of the... Sometimes. I mean, I wish I had more time in those scenarios. Usually it's an in and out or like one night over and I leave in the morning. Mm. And most of it is taken up by travel and the job itself. Yeah. Um, also, like... Usually if it's, if it's an assignment that I'm going for, I have two bodies, like two cameras, but sometimes I worry, like, is today the day that I'm going to get, like, somebody smack my camera out of my hand or is somebody going to punch me in the face or I'm call the cops or something? I don't know, something crazy. I, I get a little bit worried about that and it, and I'm responsible. So if I'm there on a job, I try and keep a low mm. profile so that I can ensure that I, like, can complete the job and you know there's a lot of risks that come with just street photography in a new place why is that Um, is that is that is that something that happens to you a lot like people get kind of aggressive towards you shooting on the street yeah because i get very close to people with a flash and i think a lot of people assume that i ask but i always try and go in without asking Mm. and then i'll start up a conversation and then i'll ask and then you know so often it's like a few photos of one person, but the first one initially is often me just like um, stepping up. And I think that comes with a certain amount of risk. Mm. Some people don't like it. And I, I totally respect that. Yeah. I mean, I've been caught flustered before. I usually get really quiet, but sometimes I'm able to kind of like explain to the people what I'm working on and what I'm doing and what I'm trying to accomplish and why I think it's important. And usually that talks them off the ledge mm. and uh, I always offer to give people a photograph. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's, that's interesting. You got guts, Michelle. I like it. Yeah, I'm crazy. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm just an extreme person. I think so I don't really know how else to be in the world. Yeah. I'm lucky I get to do it. I mean, I spent some time in places like Paris and stuff where it's illegal or you can get sued. And, Mm. um, I found that to be very stressful. I'm lucky in Los Angeles that I can just wander around and shoot and people can complain and they can have a conversation with me, but it's not illegal uh, at least in public. And Mm. so I try and uphold that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
And I guess to go back a little bit, like, where did you grow up and how did you kind of get into photography initially? Oh, sure. Um, I, I come from the suburbs of Toronto, Canada, mm. Vaughan, um, which is, was at the time, I don't know where it's at now. I, I go back and visit here and there, but I usually stay in the city with my family. Mm. Um, we've moved away from the suburbs, but I'm very interested to see how these particular suburbs are developing. But when I was young, it was nothing there. Like, it was a real cultural void. And um, I had, I think that was really good for me growing up because I was very creative as a young person and I was forced to kind of look outside of my life for inspiration and kind of like sneak into the city and really look to my elders and stuff like that. And, and when I was growing up, there wasn't the internet, there wasn't the big wide web. Yeah. So I had to, you know, really be proactive in my life. And I think that taught me a lot. Uh, and I still, I'm a big researcher now and I, I love, you know, just like tackling a topic and looking around and, and being open and curious. So, um, so I guess like when I was younger, I, uh, I was sort of lost and like a lot of kids get when they're like, uh, a little different and I was very awkward. And I had a, mm. a couple teacher teachers in my high school that gave me, um, some extra attention and saw something in me, my writing teacher, which I really love to write and I don't do it enough. And, um, and my art teacher and my art teacher, um, really pushed me towards experimenting with both photography and film. And I ended up getting my film degree thanks to her. Oh, wow. Um, and then, and then I, I taught, uh, graduate level filmmaking and I was a producer for many years, um, in New York city um, not in, in film, but in television and marketing and stuff. So yeah, I started really young mm. and, um, well, but I didn't take photography as a career seriously until like, I don't know, four or five years ago. Oh, wow. That's amazing to hear. Yeah, I'm new. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just did photography for myself. I really like spent most of my youth focused on, um, I should have been a filmmaker like everybody says. It was just, too difficult for a little scrapper like me mm -hmm. um to, to to breach that world so instead i being in new york and being on the hustle i ended up producing and um that was really really compromising to my creativity after you know 10 to 12 years of doing that i felt really trapped mm. so um i moved to la at that point to just try something completely different and um, I had been taking photographs all throughout New York, my life there, but just didn't tell anybody. But mm. I was constantly shooting. I had a camera with me most of the time, and but I still never considered it as a career. I wish I had, because mm. I, you know, would be would have been amazing to have that as a more serious outlet yeah. instead of producing. Yeah. What kind of what kind <laughs> yeah. of stuff were you producing? So it was like basically like films and stuff in New York. That that's kind of what you're producing, pretty much. No, television stuff. So I did development for a while for a lot of science programming, which I love. I love researching about science and technology. It's a huge passion of mine. I'm um, learning about, you know, the future of the human body and the brain and, you know, research that's happening and um, being able to disseminate that for a general audience. It's kind of what I did, like a, 
different production companies would bring me on board and I would do all the research and then I would often write the scripts and interview folks and set up the schedule and everything. So that part of it was really fun. It's just all the babysitting I hated and was a very uncreative position in the end. Mm. Um, and then I also did just like different stuff for like, you know, some magazines, I would do some video content where I produce that. And then, um, I worked for vice off and on, on some content wow. for them in their, in their marketing department early days. And then also on some, little like programming that they were doing. Like I did a show on electronic music and stuff like that before they, they like moved on to the big screen. This was for the small screen and, um, the small, small screen being a computer. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I did that. I worked for A and E. I just did a whole bunch of stuff. It was a real struggle. Did, like, I don't know. I didn't like it. You, you feel like you like producing all the stuff. Like you just got to make stuff happen. You feel like doing that is it like helped like i don't know produce all the shoots you do now because you're doing all the stuff for like oh yeah like this happen. i know because like as you know yeah. edit- editorial is just like you got to make stuff happen on the fly so i would imagine yeah. like your experience as a producer uh maybe you didn't like it but do you feel like your years doing that was is kind of helpful beneficial to what you're doing now you think Oh, of course. Like everything's beneficial. Everything teaches you something, even if you hate it. Exactly that. Like I can, I'm really great with budgeting. I'm really responsible. I'm really respectful. I know I can foresee issues and problems like way in advance. And Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of how I approach every subject. I, I, I'm really good at being left to my own accord. You know, I don't need an like one of the editors to come with me. You can kind of send me out on my own and I'll come back with, I think is like a solid story. Um, and I, you know, communicative and all of those things that come with being a producer mm. and then contracts and everything too. Yeah. Um, you know, it definitely helped me with that. And you so, know, so you're working, sure. you're working in New York and you say you kind of moved to LA. What kind of prompted you to move to LA was, was, did you enjoy living in New York or what kind of made, made you make the jump out to LA you think? Yeah, I was in New York for 15 years, and I enjoyed it, I enjoyed it, I enjoyed it, and then I hated it. (laughs) It's just like that. I don't know. And now when I go back and visit, I'm like, damn, how did I live there for so long? It's so much. Um, I think I got burnt out. I wasn't happy. I I loved my friends. I loved my social life. I had a way better social life than I have here in LA, for sure. I was constantly out seeing interesting things meeting interesting people um i really used up all of my time like you know two four seven um i had a really good community and then you know i don't know what i kind of like just felt trapped i felt trapped in my decisions i thought okay well i'm in my mid-30s if i don't move i'm never gonna move i'm gonna be like one of those old ladies grumpy and black like yelling at people you know, and that's going to be me, and I, you know, yep. just like gets inside of you after a while. And so I couldn't imagine where else I would move. And, you know, when you live in L.A., it's just when you live in New York, rather, it's just like everywhere else doesn't count. Everywhere isn't as good. Where are you going to go? There's nowhere as good as New York. And um, I had a lot of experience growing up traveling, and I lived in Europe for a couple of years before New York and all this stuff. So. 
I had experiences living other places and something in the back of my mind was like, wait a minute, like other places could be good. Yeah. <laughs> what, you know, so where, where am I going to go? And then I was like, mm, LA, like I can always produce and mm-hmm. it's sunny there and um, people seemed happy and um, it's new and completely different from anything. So I had a couple of friends out here, but I didn't really know many people. So I moved out and then, it was a little bit difficult for the first couple of years mm. um, as far as finding my place. And I had to get my driver's license. I like couldn't get work to save my life. I got really poor. I worked in a coffee shop yeah. um, or two. I like couch surfed. I mean, it got ridiculous yeah, for a while. It got when, dark. Cause when you moved out there, like obviously you, you said you're producing TV and whatnot. It, it was moving to LA. Was that when you kind of started to, uh, take your photography more seriously and try to like find, yeah. find work and that's kind of was kind of the starting yeah. point for you well first i try to find producing work but like it turns out that everybody and their mother and their dad and their aunt and uncle and cousins and sisters brothers uh, husbands wives yeah. are all producers like they're a dime a dozen here yeah. like you have to scramble like yeah. i thought new york was hard but here it's like people are born into like entertainment yep. families like oh, yeah. industry yep. families like it's crazy so i don't know i was pretty naive about that and my contacts didn't go as far as i thought they would and you know it just like seemed kind of hopeless so actually i started doing photography here more seriously just as a an outlet like i literally like to get myself up and outside and exploring la like and not being depressed i like would go out with my dog, excuse me, I would walk my dog and bring a camera with me. And I started doing art department. I was a prop shopper. A friend got me that job. I was very grateful for that. And um, I had uh, a a job with a guy named Andy Herman, who's a New York uh, production designer. He's really awesome, very creative. And at the time I was shooting on like film on a Yashica point and shoot. And I was also using my phone a lot, Mm. like my old um, phone. And um, he, at one point turned to me and he's like, you know, you should get a big girl camera. And (laughs) I was like, I should get a big girl camera. (laughs) I was finally making enough money. So I got a big girl camera and that, and then that, and like constantly, like for a year I went out every day and shot on the street called Larchmont near my house. Mm -hmm. And that just saved me, just like the action of getting up, being curious, engaging in people and experimenting with my photography, like it literally, I think, saved me. And then before I knew it, I had like a little show. I had some interest from agents. I like was getting blogs writing about my work yeah. and it happened very quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, cause like, like I went from zero to 60. Yeah. Cause like, did you have like, cause looking at your work, like you, you work with like, obviously all these different magazines, publications, you do mm. like some commercial work for like Apple and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Was it, in, what, did you have it in your mind? Like, did you want to shoot editorial or were you looking to do more like gallery stuff? Like when you're kind of starting out, like yeah. what was there a goal in mind or are you just kind of shooting and this to shoot pretty much? Uh, well, at first I was just shooting to shoot. And then I was like really into, you know, finding the my place in it all. And so the first obvious connection to the photography world for me was the street photography community. And they both, like, if you think of them as a mob, um, 
like they both accepted me and rejected me. Like there's a lot of hatred for, I think, flash photography and a lot of love for flash photography. It's like, and then the, the street photography community is kind of old fashioned in my opinion. And so some of my ideas clash. So, but, but that was my first intro in, I didn't know anything. I'm self-taught and I didn't know anything about photography or mm-hmm. photographers or the industry or anything. Yeah. And, um, I just did a lot of research online. And then, so I guess I still considered myself more of an artist than anything than an artisan. And, um, but you know, once the job started coming and I realized I could, you know, for the moment anyways, knock on wood, like make a living Mm -hmm. doing this thing and experimenting and having fun and people like my voice and they're letting me be true to my voice. And, you know, I don't have a lot of people telling me how to shoot or what, you know, what necessarily even to shoot. It's just kind of like, we like what you do. Can you do it here? And so I go and I do it there. So it feels really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the dream for me, not to like, I just like to say things out loud, even if they seem impossible, but it's it, to get some, some pieces in a, in a, in a museum one day, you know, yeah. the way that like, you know, that's the dream for me. It would be the ultimate, mm-hmm. like just, you know, that kind of, I don't know. And that's kind of corny because, Art world is kind of something. It's not corny, Michelle. It's not corny. You can do it. You're gonna do it. <laughs> I can do it. I'm gonna do it. We're gonna cl- we're gonna climb this mu- we're gonna climb this mountain, Michelle. <laughs> brick by That's brick. Right. <laughs> um, You'll be the first person I call. Yeah. Um, but I like to set goals for myself and push towards them. I think that keeps me moving and keeps me level headed. And I, I'm pretty modest about stuff. And I know everything can go away. And I just try and enjoy it while it's here. And I try and work as hard as I can and meet as many people as I can and talk to many people as I can. And I feel really, really fortunate and very lucky yeah. that I've had almost like a second chance in life, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, in that sense, like a whole other career, a whole other city, a whole other life. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like I feel in LA more myself, more connected to myself and more clear on who I am as a person now than I ever did in New York for why, sure. And why, why do you, why do you think that is? I think a lot of it has to do with how I organized my life here. I think that I came here with very little, I'm a kind of like a monk here. I don't have a huge community here, which kind of sucks, but it's enabled me to just really focus on the things that I love. I pared everything down and, and really focused on what I want to say. Yeah. And I think that all of that stripping away, like New York is so intense. I stripped all the intensity away and now it's just me and this camera and like looking and seeing and thinking about stuff. And it's very simple. And I don't often have a lot of interaction with people Mm. other than through my camera, which is weird, Mm. but you know, it's, it's kind of like preceded a big growth for me. Like I'm just very connected to myself. I spend a lot of time with myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, my camera. Yeah, I can't. I, I've never lived in New York. I live in a small town in Massachusetts and like I don't I'm just, oh, like, cool. like they have, like New York for me is just like I can't focus there. It's this it's this crazy. Yeah. Um yeah, LA has I, I could see it, so it's more like kind of relaxed. It almost it's a weirder city because it's sprawled out, it feels more like a neighborhood yeah. in, in a sense. Um but yeah, yeah. That, that's interesting. And 
you know, with the street photography, I always find that it's a kind of, it's like, it's like a weird title, like it's street photography. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because it's, it's such a, it's like a broad term, but like, what is it about like that kind of style of photography you think you enjoy about it? Yeah, I think I like, um, I'm not one for very manicured sets and all of that kind of thing. I don't like a lot of control. I like to feel like that there's energy there and it's all happening very fast and it's very gut level approach to taking images and anything can happen. Like I I walk out of my house, I choose a neighborhood, I kind of go and then like literally like I have no idea what's going to happen. That's really exciting. And in a, in a kind of nowadays life for me, anyways, feels very, everything's so catered to everything. So stylized and so um, curated from like, you know, television to media to like literally everything just feels really curated. So street photography is really raw and crazy. And like, sometimes I just like, you know, I love the connections that I make and I love like yesterday I shot, like I, I went into this record store that I love on Melrose and it's like one of the last like really great record stores, mm. certainly in Los Angeles, but maybe in the United States. And it's got this like kooky owner guy that's like very pro analog and it's grumpy and <laughs> he just has really great old fashioned ideas about modern media and yeah. technology and <laughs> He's like a Luddite for sure. And then so I was in there talking to him and he has this assistant that's so great to photograph. He's a very beautiful man. And together they run the shop and in came this tiny family. It was like this woman and her son and then this daughter. And the daughter was so amazing. She was just so striking. Like, oh, is that the one? She was the wearing shit. a thrash. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. That, that and was... like, I was just like, wow. And, <laughs> and you know, like, it's so easy. Like street photography is so easy in that, like you just see it and you try and you get it and it's either works or doesn't. It's just so simple. There isn't like, let's talk about budget. Let's talk about, you know, lighting setup. Let's bring in this crew. There's like five creative directors involved, like all of that stuff, which I'm interested in that challenge too. I'm not afraid of it, but there's something so great about just like seeing something and going for it. And then that's so inherent, that energy becomes part of the image. It's mm-hmm. just like this crazy raw little thing. And that is so special that I get to experience whenever I want. And like it comes with risks of being yelled at, of uh, offending people, of uh, physical harm, of all kinds of stuff. I've been threatened, uh, like just horrible things. But for the most part, people really like to be photographed. And I think I'm a nice, decent human being. Yep. And I approach people with kindness. Yeah. And I only ever photograph people I'm like curious about and interested in. So for the most part, I would say 80% of the time I'm getting like high fives and like conversations and yeah. very intimate connections with strangers. It's super special. Mm. You can't beat that. Like, I don't even know how to talk about it sometimes. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And, it, and also it's a met- meditation sorry i oh. can go on see i'm getting all excited i'm like, no, I like, I like you got you got the passion for it uh, <laughs> i got the passion for it well, i the, mean like it's a meditation like hmm. literally i turn my phone off sometimes i don't bring my phone other than if i think like maybe it's going to be a weird neighborhood and i might need it um i like shut down and i only listen to my own inner voice and i go out there and i'm very connected to myself and it's super hyper experience mm-hmm. and like 
you know, the rest of the day, I'm like on my phone, answering emails, looking at Instagram, researching <laughs> stuff, watching yeah. stuff. Like, it's a lot. But when you're out on the street, you're like every sense that you have is enacted and activated and like you're on and you're connected and mm. you're in the moment, in the present moment. It's very special. Yeah, for sure. Everybody should try it. No, like, definitely. I really think so. And, and like, do you have like a way, like obviously you live in L.A., do you have like, mm. do you focus in on one area when you kind of go shoot this body of work or do you kind of just like, it's just kind of wherever your day kind of takes you or how do you kind of approach where you're going to go shoot? Is there like a goal in mind? Like I'm going to go to Santa Monica and shoot there or I'm going to go to Hollywood mm -hmm. or how do you kind of approach it when you're shooting that type of work, I guess? Yeah. And for me, it's goal oriented. Cause like I, I, I'm always in between mentally with the idea of like bringing a camera with me all the time. I just bought a, a tiny Sony. Like I got like a really cheap deal on a Sony RX 103, like a little like, pocket thing. Yep. Um, and uh, like, I can't re the, like, I hate on camera flash so much. And those actually the photos that I shot yesterday of the girl and stuff are on camera. Cause I forgot my transceiver. And I just like, I'm so sad about it. Cause it's, for me personally, if you love flash, then you can tell the difference a million times over. And I hate on camera flash, mm -hmm. but, um, it, so it has a tiny flash, which is useless and it probably could trigger my other flash, but I just kind of wanted to experiment with no flash for a second and carry this in my pocket for those moments. Like I used to do with my phone or my Yashica. Um, and like, otherwise I'm carrying, like I use a Sony. Some of my lenses are like kind of like, larger like the those ones i went out lately i've been playing around with the 85 and and then the nice 85 on a sony is heavy no and then my flash and i look like very like you know so <laughs> i don't want to be carrying around that all the time and it's like also like it's very i i have to be focused when i shoot because it's I don't, I'm not necessarily telling stories so much as I'm showing you what I'm looking at and what I think is interesting. Mm. It's more of like a visual diary or like some people have said that I'm anthropological. I, I kind of like that. Yep. So, you know, I have to be on all the time. So like, like carrying all the equipment and then also being on all the time in that way, it's not necessarily for me, I don't think. So I like to plan. I like to be like, okay, today for a couple hours, I'm going to go to exactly Santa Monica, which I love to shoot. Yeah. And like, as I've gotten to know the city, I have my areas I like to go to. I want to explore the, the valley more. So that's my next kind of like foray out. Um, but I've shot like all over from like South Central to, you know, Seal Beach, like, like all around. And mm. I, uh, you know, I think LA is so beautiful and so mystical and so weird. And, you know, there's lots of opportunities and options, but they take a little bit of planning. And, mm. um, so yeah, so I use it as a time of meditation and a time for me to explore my ideas and to connect with myself. And it's special. And, um, I think the work and like is specific in that way. And it's yeah. not necessarily just the off the cuff stuff. Which I also really respect in other people and love that they yeah. do that. No, it's, like, it's you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to hear everyone's kind of workflow. Um, and, and yeah, like, like, like you said, like you have a kind of a dis distinct style. It's a lot of uh, flash. Um, ha have you always yeah. have you always shot in that way? And like that thing, did it kind of take you a while to kind of find your voice as a photographer? You think? Yeah, like I definitely always 
since I was young, I started doing photography since, like when I was 15 or 16. And like, I look, I recently found some of my early photos, early, early photos of being a teenager and early films. Like I was shooting on the break and they're all kind of the same. Like my sensibility is there even as a young person, which is really interesting. I was close up, a lot of close ups, a lot of like the same kind of people. Um, and I, I really find that like really uh, comforting and uh, amusing to know that like my young self, like that kind of string of ideas has traveled with me throughout this time. I was obviously working on these ideas my whole life. And, um, but I did not use flash until I would say, well, when I started using the Yashica T4, it would just go off automatically. And sometimes I would try and trigger it. Um, but I, you know, but that kind of flash, you know, in film, it's like, mm. It's not great. So then when I, when I was like focusing on my Larchmont project, I started off using on camera flash and I just practiced. Like people always write, like it's so annoying every day. I got people writing me like, what What camera do you use? (laughs) What flash do you use? I mean, like, you know how much practice went into figuring out how to balance my ambient with my flash and getting that much. But I'm like, like, so like on the fly like not like i'm some genius or anything but damn like (laughs) it was a lot of work and like experimenting and that's why i can do it now like off the Mm -hmm. without even thinking about it and i want other people to get to that point it's not about the camera the flash no it's about like what you want to say how you see connecting to yourself being in the moment and knowing like why you're using flash flash can be such a poor choice in a certain environment. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's why, you know, so I don't know. So most of my life I spent shooting without flash. And then I would say the last six years or seven years since having dropped into LA, I focused on flash and I just like, I would say the last I've, for myself, I feel really pleased with what I've accomplished in the last year, especially of like really learning to balance, um, natural light with flash and not making it too, uh, you know, like there's that look that a lot of dudes like that's really extreme. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, when you like close down in the background, all the ambience gone and you just get this crazy flash and yeah. that's yeah. fun. But I get bored of that after a while. I just really want to, I, I'm, I'm learning now how to like incorporate shadows with flash and that is m- meaningful to me. Um, mm. stuff like that. That's new, not just blasting out. Um, and, and then also just like exploring my like storytelling. Yeah, that that's kind of like been the last year for me mm-hmm. of um like like bringing journalism because I like have these very straight like I'm very compartmentalized. What my brain works is very compartmentalized, and I like just to keep things very separate from each other. And so journalism is like storytelling, which is like related to my filmmaking background. And then, you know, I feel like very akin to telling stories. I love to write. I love to read. I love to watch content. That's good. Like all that stuff. And I love to tell stories to journalism. But on my street, it was always like literally like, look at this weird thing. Look at this comb in this pocket. Look at this hair. Look at this face. Look at this um, stance. It was never really stories. But I think the last few months I've been playing with telling deeper stories on the street. So I do like, you know, a like creep around somebody a bit and try and tell something about them through several photographs as opposed to just one Yeah, and, and like following their action. And do, do you feel like, yeah. you ha- do you have like a different approach to like your personal work, the stuff you're just shooting for yourself versus like an assignment or is it all this one oh, yeah. thing or is it just one yeah. th- or is there a difference you think how you approach it? Well, they cross over each other, but definitely like, 
my street stuff is very personal and it's not being shot for anybody else but me. And I mean, it's hard to say that because I engage in Instagram and I send my work to editors and I like talk about my work and stuff like that. So I wouldn't say it's like, you know, wholly just for myself. I'm not like, yeah. Um, ignoring the, the fact that I'm like a, per, a photographer in the world, but for the most part, I, I'm not really like walking around being like, what would this person think of this? Or I really want to get this photo to this editor. What should I, how should I shoot it? It's just like literally like gut instinct, just shooting for good or bad. Like some people hate my work, I guess. Like I've heard um, it's fine. And I think it's extreme a little bit. And um, it's not so extreme that it's like raw, but it's also kind of raw, but it's also like about sweet stuff. So I don't mm-hmm. know. It's like, it's got its own vibe. Yeah. But with, storytelling i take like journalism i take very seriously if somebody gives me like an assignment i'd like to think that you know i'm responsible for telling the story and they've like like gifted me this opportunity to share this particular story with a whole huge audience so like you know there's i'm definitely like okay i need to get coverage on this like i need some wide shots of this i need some um like am i am i getting this the right moments? Am I hitting the beats? Am I like helping the writer uh, illustrate this particular story? There's definitely a lot of stuff going on there. That's like challenging for me. And I like, and I enjoy it very much. Um, but my, uh, one thing that I have issues with, but like, it seems to be okay so far is that I think there's some editors that look at my Instagram feed and see my street work and are like, she could never tell a story. Uh-huh. They don't understand that. Like I can't, so it, that took a lot of time. I think of like word of mouth and seeing my work in print and seeing my work online in story, in respect to stories mm. um, that have led to more stories and more people trusting me. I think at first people didn't really trust me yeah. to be able to convey. Yeah. It takes time, I guess. And like, uh, have you ever felt like you need to, cause like, obviously, like you say, like you, you shoot work for yourself, but then at a certain point mm-hmm. you're, you're like trying to make money and make a, a career. Like, have you ever felt like you needed to like create work that's going to like attract clients or do you just kind of no. create what you want, no. put it out there. And if people respond, yeah. respond to it, they respond to it. And that's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how you approach yeah. it. Yeah. I'm not very good at compromise in that way. Like I really just like. I found like path of least resistance is, is my personal philosophy on all things in life. And I think that if you like being in New York and being a producer for 12 years and like hustling and not necessarily being the best I could be at it. I think that there are people that are born to be producers that are super, super organized. And yeah. I learned to be really organized. I learned to walk the walk, but there are some people that are just natural. Those are the people you want to hire for that job because they enjoy it and they, they'll succeed at it because they're good at it and they like don't take as long to learn and they don't take as long to act and all that kind of stuff. So it's the same. Like I tried to do something that I wasn't necessarily the best fit for. And I spent years doing it and I got to some level of success with it and some amount of security and enjoyment with it. But for the most part, it never felt natural. I was always like a little bit uh, trying to stay above water Whereas with photography, it's so organic for me. This whole career that's come of it has come from a very organic place for me. And I feel so lucky for that, that I just like do what I love and then people like it enough to trust me to do something else. And like, like I said, that might go away. I'm always concerned and worried and aware of that. Like, 
you know, I hope I last a long time, but I'll always have street. Like, I really feel good about that. Even if I end up like, I don't know, having to go back to school to another career, <laughs> I don't know why to end up in some other function. I'll always be able to, well, I hope I'm like an 80 year old lady wandering around scaring people. <laughs> <That'd be awesome. laughs> I'm sure you, I'm, I'm sure you will be. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, can you imagine an old lady coming up to you with a flash of camera? You'd be like, wow, that's awesome. That's I yeah, exactly. Like, I, yeah, you might it might be some of your best work when you get older. You know, who knows? It's, yeah, it's keep, I never know. I never know. Yeah, like, it's, 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 so. Just keep shooting, keep progressing. You know, like, like that's, that's it. Uh, yeah. Like, at, like, and you know what? I think that I'm like getting better. I watch my work get better. Like mm-hmm. from practice, from constantly practicing, constantly being out there shooting, constantly being on assignment, doing all the all the hard work of it is like I see the results. Mm-hmm. That's also a very organic process. Also, why, if anybody's listening, don't ever ask me what camera I use because, like, it's just like, just practice, man. Just do the work. Like, that's where you feel really good. Like, the work is fun. It should be fun. The experimentation should be something that's exciting for you. Like, I love getting out there and trying something new, changing out my lenses, like getting a little closer, getting a little further back, trying to figure out what works for me, what I'm trying to say, thinking about it. That stuff is really, really awesome. The end result is just like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the whipped cream on the cake or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want I want people to get disciplined and be yeah. you know, committed just, to the yeah, process. Just, you just got you gotta get after it. Um Man, yeah. And you know, like looking at your site, like you've you photographed some really uh like uh amazing people like Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg and you yeah. you worked for some really cool like publications. And, you know, a lot of people, yeah. I think a lot of people listening to this podcast, probably younger photographers, the thing mm-hmm. I'm curious is, like, when you're a kind of younger photographer coming up, um, did you kind of ever doubt yourself um, as if like, it, this was going to work out? Like, how do you kind of deal with uh, the stress of, like, you know, a freelance creative uh, uh, career path? You know, have you ever kind of doubted yourself? How do you kind of deal with those? Oh, moments? my God. Like, like literally, like every day. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like horror. No, that's not true. But like sometimes I'm like, man, I fucking love my work so much. It's so good. Yeah. I feel so proud of myself. I'm really like, like expressing my ideas clearly and my thoughts for good or bad. Like I feel like I'm doing myself justice and I'm enjoying myself. And then sometimes I'm like, oh my god, like everybody's better. Like I'm not poetic enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. You know, like, my work is kind of like, like I said, it's like, you know, there are a lot of things that it's not. It's not, like, I'm not precious. It's not a precious kind of work. It's not like, you know, you know, I kind of feel akin to, like, comedians or something. You know, they're never winning the Oscars because, like... Yeah, that is making people laugh, and we take that for granted. That is messed up. Me and my brother talk about this all the time. Like, comedy is like a good comedy is like the hardest thing to produce, and like they they don't get an award for it, which is crazy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's true. It's like we take we like there's certain things that we take for granted, and I think you know then like there are some very beautiful photographers out there who make very moving work, and you look at it and you're like, wow, you're a poet. You're like really like kind of just transcending something where you're like taking us somewhere. I think I take people somewhere. I think I'm poetic in my own way, but I don't know that everybody sees it that way. And, you know, so like I have doubts about that. Am I like, you know, but I always try and just like, 
I mean, I think it's really street, like street always brings me back to myself. Like sometimes I'm like, uh, did I tell that story well enough? Did the editor like it? Did the audience like it? You know, could I have done a better job? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then I'm like, I go out for one day and I just shoot and I like forget everything. And I have so much fun. I come back and the photos like really speak to me and I had a great time. And it's like, I had a good flow that day and everything's cool. And, and then I'm like, ah, like, yeah, like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like maybe I'm not this photographer but i'm this photographer yeah, that's yeah. like yeah. i'm just true to myself this is the work i'm making maybe it's going to change i leave room for that i don't want to be trapped ever yeah. but like this is very very like close to my heart and who i am and everything so i have to love it like mm-hmm. you know like but yeah i have my dad i i have fears every day like it's scary like i'm totally trying to save my money because like yep. you know i've been freelance my entire adult life like from producing to met like just the hustle mm-hmm. and you know i made that decision i can't work in an office i just can't it's horrifying yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'll, I'll never be satisfied you know like, yeah, just, but it comes with like un- a set of fears all un- i can say is like but yeah yeah, it's just like the uncertainty. You just got to get comfortable with the yeah. un- the uncertainty. But that's kind of at the same token. It's, it's kind of the excitement. You don't know what's around the corner. Yeah. Per- yeah. That's it. It's the freedom. Like, there's people that need a certain amount of freedom. I'm one of them. I need to be free. I can't be held down and put, I get bored. Like, mm-hmm. and also, I think, like, like, to all the younger photographers out there, just like, you have to find a place, a mental place where you're like, making work for yourself regardless. Like when you're not on assignment, you have to find the fire and the passion, the energy to go out and tell the stories that you want to tell. And those have to be really meaningful to you and important. And that passion has to be there because, you know, above all, like the work should be for yourself. And, and I think editors feel that when they look at your personal work and it's imbued with passion and clarity and a voice and a vision, and they're going to want to hire you because they're excited by what they see coming out of your personal work. Yeah. I think anyway, I'm not an editor. No, I, I agree. I think people want to work with people that are excited about what they're going to do. And like, you're going to go the That's extra, it. extra mile. It's just not this, That's it, it. it's, it's not stale. Um, um, yeah. That's it. it can't only be about the money. It can't only be about the job title. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I learned that with the producing, I think, you know, like it doesn't lead to happiness. Yeah. The happiness comes from, you know, defining that for yourself. And yeah, yeah, yeah the happy at least for me, like happiness is like taking a good picture. It doesn't even have to be for a job. Yeah. It's like looking at totally. it, like looking at it on your screen or whatever, or print. And it's like for like maybe 10 minutes, at least for me, I'll be like, oh, I like this picture. Yeah. And then the next day I'm like, that's it. Oh, then the next day I'm like, oh, that picture sucks. I got to do something better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's the drive. Like, that's why I'm not precious about my work. Like, you know. There's some photos where I'm like, damn, I did a really good job. I love this image. And then like a year later, I look at it and I'm like, this is crap. I've come <laughs> so much further. Like, you know, you can't be precious. You just like for me anyways, like I don't want to like put all my hopes and dreams in one photo. I just want to constantly, it's more about building a world of photos and building an idea and like constantly giving to that, constantly being present with that and like making new stuff and growing. Like it's an energy. It's like a flow. It's not one thing. It's not like 
one uh, gallery show. It's not one job. It's not one, yep. you know, yeah, photo. It's, it's about my life. It's yeah. my life. It's, it's going. It's, it's like, the, fl- I can't it's stop the, it. It's, it's going. The, it's the best. It's like the best thing. I love it. it it's so good. Yeah, uh, man, uh, totally. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Sometimes I can't even believe yeah. the joy that I get. Like, it's like, wow, I get to do this. Like, <laughs> oh, whoa. Yeah. You know, really, like, yeah, it's, it's good. just a big joy even when people are yelling at me i come home i have the worst day there's those bad days you know there's those bad days or or like an assignment doesn't quite go as well as i thought it would or it's like a little harder than i thought whatever you come home you're a little bit beat down you're a little bit like man that was tough but then you get back up and you're like i gotta do this i get a second chance i get like i learned from that what did i learn from that like what oh yeah. For, Look at me. I I can hear my voice went up an octave. I'm like a cheerleader. <laughs> I know. I'm everybody's mama. I, I'm everybody's mama. Everybody can ask. <laughs> like I just want people to be excited by what they do, even if it's photography or something else. Yeah. I grew up playing music too. I, I played the drums for most of my life. Mm-hmm. I love literature. I love filmmaking. Uh, like all the arts to me are kind of the same. It's a medium. It's a tool to express yourself so when you know what you want to say you choose the best one and you give it your all and for the moment it's photography when i was younger i played the drums a lot and in crappy bands never even that good but i love it so much yeah. like thinking about music or thinking in other terms like mm. you know so like like anybody i want anybody to be able to listen to this podcast for example and be like oh i'm really passionate about yeah. you know these like this project i'm working on this book i'm doing or this um I don't know, charity, anything, like, yeah. you know, just be true to yourself. Just get out there and shoot, even yeah. if you're, like, working a shitty job, because I know for myself, myself for years, I was just working, like, nights at, like, a warehouse, just doing shit work. Yeah. I hate, I hated it, yeah. but anytime I had time, I was just trying to shoot photos, and like you said, it's like, yeah, the jobs, hopefully they'll come, but at the end of the day, it's just about... It's about creating work that you want to make, you know, and this just the excitement yeah. and uh, just keep pushing, keep pushing through. Cause like, yeah. like, like you said, like, look at you now, like you've been grinding. Yeah. You said you're working at a coffee shop or whatever for a while. Yeah. And now you're, Oh shooting. my God. And, yeah. And now I was excited to talk to you. You, you did an amazing assignment, dream assignment, I think for pretty basically any photographer for Wired Magazine last year. Oh yeah. Which I believe yeah, was, like I haven't changed my life. It, it was for the 25th anniversary of Wired, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I shot that whole damn issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. I, yeah, how did like how did I, sh- I don't even know, man. How did, how did that assi- assignment come about? Like, had you worked with them before? Like a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh-huh. I did one assignment for. Well, basically, what happened was, from my perspective, anyways, like Anna's a dream. You know, you you like I had a solo show in LA, like um as part of a uh, month of photo LA, they gave me a show, Kat Jimenez, who's so supportive and awesome um, person in LA. A great, um, it's just like, she gives a lot of opportunities to photographers. So my whole life at the story has always been like opportunities from very kind people. Like a lot of people have taken a chance on me. Some, like a lot, a lot of people, like mm-hmm. I have a lot of, especially women in my life that have been very nurturing and I'm very lucky um, so even when like nobody else saw anything in me, these women have come forward and, um, said, you know, I believe in you or, you know, also some dudes and I've been really fortunate. And, um, 
and as one of those people. So like another woman named Toby Kaufman who ran the photo department, she's the photo director at Refinery29, has since moved to Facebook. Um, she took a very early interest in my work and saw something in me that nobody else did. And she gave me some of my first assignments and really nurtured me anyway. So I had this like solo show years later in LA of my street work, some work that I was really proud of. And I had beautiful printed work. It was like just a really cool show. I really loved the show short term. It was like up for like a week, I think. And Toby happened to be in town and she brought Anna to the show uh, among some other editors, which I thought was very kind of her and really awesome. Anna, Alexa- and Anna, Anna, Anna Alexander, yeah. photo editor. Anna, Anna Alexander, who you should also, everybody listen to her podcast with you. Yeah. Um, she came and like, I guess really enjoyed my weirdo street photography and the energy she found in the colors and the like faces and stuff like that. And, um, I met her very briefly. She was super kind and, but I didn't even talk to her that much. And then she went off on her way. And then like, first I got an assignment right after that from Wired, which I think was like a little test through Sam, who's also like Samantha Cooper mm-hmm. is the head of um, Wired online and like wired.com. She's the photo director and head of all that. Um, she gave me an assignment to head out to Texas to shoot, um, uh, a gun story, which is really intense, a tech gun story. So I think I I did a good job on that, and they liked it. And so I think that was the initial test. And then Anna like reached out to me, like like I don't know, it was like it felt like two weeks after my show or something had gone down. It was really soon after. And she's like, so, and you know her way, she has this really sweet way of talking that's like <laughs> all over the place and like, <laughs> like what? And just like full of humor and like, she's just really a sm- smart, special person. Yeah. Um, so she, she did this whole thing on the phone. I didn't really know. I was very nervous. And she's like, oh, do you want to shoot a portrait? But it might be more, it might be like 25 portraits, 25. maybe 50 portraits. <laughs> And, uh, and she's like jumping all around and in my mind, I'm like, I guess I'm shooting this one portrait of this guy. I don't know for this magazine special, the anniversary. And I like coming from a, like a love of science and technology had been, I've been reading Wired since the beginning days. Like, you know, like I remember getting a subscription back when I was like in high school and stuff. So for me, I was like super cool. And I was like, whoa, okay, I got to shoot this guy. I didn't really know who he was. Um, well, but interesting and I was like cool and then and then it became clear in the conversation that like I guess I'm shooting all the portraits and then I, like she's like I'm free the next two months Damn. like get ready to go on this trip and it happened so fast and I literally went from being like some shooting a few stories here and there for like refinery advice and stuff like that to like shooting the 20th anniversary in print and not only was it in print but then like it ended up being um, it was also wrapped in because it was the 25th anniversary into this really cool event. And my photos were printed giant yeah. all around San Francisco on bus stops. And it and, was like one of the biggest things that happened to me in my life. And for people, like, and for people listening, the Wired Magazine 25th yeah. anniversary. What were you shooting? Like, if you could explain what the project oh, was, yeah. Yeah, who yeah, you were yeah, shooting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So super cool project. It was like so. If you think in your mind of like the 25 top people in technology and science, people who've really affected your life and changed the way we are on the planet and stuff like that, and like where the future is headed, 
Like, so I got to shoot those people. And like, those people... It was like Bill like Gates, the big guys, Zuckerberg. Like Bill Gates, uh, like Zuckerberg. Um, who is the guy like from... everybody. Jack Dorsey and from Twitter. Uh, Jack Dorsey, yeah. uh, which is one of my favorites of the series. Um, just like, a, and a lot of women too, like great, like scientists, which I was in a lot of labs, people you may not have heard of who are working behind the scenes on stuff. And then all the big names like roboticists. And I got to go to every cool facility in the United States, like people doing like ama- amazing charitable work, I, uh, some billionaires, like it, it was crazy. I went everywhere from like New York city and Boston to Hawaii to like up and down the coast of California a million times. And um, and then, so like, so these 25 people who are like, you know, icons of tech and science, um, they like were asked each of them to nominate somebody who will probably end up being an icon in the future for having like changed our lives, you know, for the next generation. Wow. And so then I got to shoot them and like one of them was this young woman. She's like, I think 19 who like when she was 15 or 16 won, you know, that big science fair for like using CRISPR to like identify like something related to cancer. That's like really epic. Um, so there's this young woman in front of me and there's like all these special, amazing people. This one guy, I'm horrible with names, so like, yeah, I'm yeah. very apologetic, it's all right. but I, I got, I got to go to this guy's, um, like kind of like a facility out in California where he's, he's using these little planes to send blood to Africa. They're like these tiny, like drone planes, Holy um, shit. you know, just like really incredible experience. Not only like, because I'm such a science tech nerd, like fangirl, but also just like the scope of the project. It was so exciting. Like, one weekend I took seven flights. It was ridiculous, but wire took very good care of me and it took very good care of me. She also, the best part about it was she was like, I want you to, to do exactly what you do. Like, mm-hmm. like I get teary eyed thinking about it. She saw my show and she's like, you know what I saw on that show? I want you to do that. to like Bill Gates. Yeah. And like, that's so meaningful. Like so crazy. Like who does, who and- asks? And, that's the gift yeah it's, it's amazing and, and you shot like you said for two months straight so i think when i talked to anna you basically you your schedule that was all you were doing for two months was only shooting for wired yeah. while, while you're producing this so like how to work because yeah. obviously scheduling these big people is hard enough for one shoot but then you guys are like managing yeah. the schedule of 25 people like how yeah. did the like, work how did anna the, and her team yeah they're amazing like i didn't do any of that i didn't i mean that was so great i didn't have to pick up a pen i didn't have to think about any of that it was just like get on this plane i had my little suitcase and like anna is like a goddess like she somehow organized billionaires like we were chasing people on their vacations to hawaii like it was pretty crazy like you know people were switching dates i mean she really her and her team made it very easy for me as easy as it it could be considering like the schedule that we were on Mm. and um you know, they kept me caffeinated, they kept me fed, they kept me, like, <laughs> yeah. in nice hotel rooms, they kept me, nice. like, comfortable, and um, they made sure I got to where I needed to be, and that there was always somebody from the team with me, mm. so I got to meet all the different editors, and and then, you know, it was just so much love from Wired, like, like I just got a lot of love from the whole, like, up and down the chain, 
I can't even explain it. I'll never forget. Like I'll like it'll probably be my last dying words will be like, Thank you, Anna <laughs> like something. Because like because of that, like I've gotten so much more work because people saw that I could do that and like you know, that's all it takes sometimes, a chain of events of somebody caring about you mm-hmm. and what seeing you and seeing you for what for what you can do. Like Toby also I was shooting street and I was at the time shooting a lot of old people. I love shooting like seniors and stuff. And, and she looked at my street work and she's like, Oh, I'm going to send Michelle to Miami to shoot a fashion story on like really high end purses with these like senior citizens at this like, you know, Philip Stark hotel. And I was like, okay, cool. And I showed up on like, nobody ever thought to put me in a fashion shoot before. Yeah. And I love shooting. Like, I think a lot of my stuff is very fashion-oriented in a weird way or style-oriented mm. because I love fashion. And, like, you know, she thought of that. Like, these are people, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, it's so lucky. Like, yeah, you, you know, I have a... Uh, uh, I yeah. can go on and on. Yeah, no, like, yeah, yeah. it's pretty amazing. And with, like, the Wired, when you're shooting these guys, like... Um, it's more posed portrait, so it's a little different than your personal work. Like, how did you kind right. of pr- approach these shoots? Would you work kind of quickly? Um, obviously, I imagine yeah. some of these guys don't have the time to give you a lot of time. Were, were all the shoots yeah. kind of like quick shoots, or how did you kind of approach the actual uh, photo shoots of all these like high profile people? Yeah, well, I think that, um, you know, with that particular project, like it suited me so well because I don't need an assistant. I, I, I have worked with an assistant before and it's actually really nice. He gets toiled, but like I am used to working alone. I like literally just brought like Sony was very kind and they lent me an extra body, which like now I own, um, and some really high end lenses or their better lenses, which I now own. So they supplied me with some goods. And then, you know, I used like, I brought a, a series of flashes with me and stuff. I would always just shoot like a single flash and camera and I would come into these scenarios and very quickly assess like, you know, where's the best textured background in this office or what's the best way to like, cause my idea for the shoot was to just get as close to these people as possible and to take them off their pedestal. Cause a lot of like these people have been photographed in big studio setups and they're very like, you know, these pristine kind of like, no, I find it to be kind of cold approach to these like gods and goddesses and stuff like that. And I wanted to take them off their pedestal and get really close to their faces and stuff so that we can all look them in the eyes and for good or bad, like how have you affected my life? If you're another human being, like you have a lot of power, but I want to be able to look at you and like, you know, so that was my goal. And I wanted that kind of energy and that weirdness and, So, like, I would turn up and, you know, PR people, like, standing behind me. And I never worked tethered. I don't want anybody looking over my shoulder, but they would try. And that's why the editors were there to kind of help me, like, you know, just be my jam. And usually, like, five minutes in and out. But that's a lot of time for me, five minutes. Because on the street, I get, like, 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And I'm off. and, And I get a lot of shots. Like, I come home with hundreds of photos in an hour. Like, I shoot fast. And I'm frantically and so I kind of brought that energy with me and and then like everybody was like oh is that it I thought they thought like I think they were expecting like a setup and like an assistant and some lights and like at least a half an hour if not an hour and so I was often given an hour or a half an hour with people but I would just take five minutes I mean 
Bill Gates, I did literally. And I think like that was one of the first shoots and I was so nervous. Like my hand, my flash hand was shaking. Yeah. <laughs> like I was so nervous and literally like, like six minutes, I think maybe eight minutes it was clocked because I had him stand in different places around his office. But, like the PR lady was like, thank you. Like, thank you. <laughs> like everybody, like the, like so many people were like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. You did that so fast. And it doesn't have to be precious. Like, I don't know. I just want to get see these people. Mm-hmm. I got to fly in a helicopter. Oh, is that the, yeah, I was going to ask you that it, the, the, the shot of the Apple headquarters, I was, that, that was in a helicopter. Yes. I shot both buildings. They were considered the icon and of the new, Damn. the old Apple building in the new. So I got up in a helicopter and I was like, I could do this. It's like, and the driver was like, tiny helicopter you know all glass tiny little thing and he's like oh yeah this is like a motorcycle in the sky i'm like yeah i love motorcycles let's do this and then i'm like in the back and he's like whatever you do keep both eyes open that's the trick and i'm like constantly closing one eye so i can concentrate if you close one eye something happens to your brain you got very ill (laughs) like it's not Mm. good and like i was doing okay for the most part like i get car sick so i was like "Mm, i buy (laughs) taking medication and stuff i was like so we're up there and he's like do you want that money shot and i'm like oh like this is like towards the end we were up there for like 20 minutes half an hour got both buildings stuff and i'm like yeah you know what i kind of want that money shot and he's like i know the money shot he's like are you ready and i'm like i'm ready and the guy like literally tipped over on the side and like i was like hanging out kind of you're not you're not allowed to hang out of a helicopter because like the winds and the power the gravity and whatnot physics of being in a helicopter so intense that like it could whip stuff out of your hand and then it gets caught in the rudder and then you like go down like yeah. that's how that's the danger no so you have to stay in yeah it's pretty amazing and i like flipped over yeah man i got that like a right above shot and that was the shot and then he like righted himself and like i was like you know what i don't feel so good and he was so upset like i puked and and he was really upset about it i <laughs> guess like you like, puked in my helicopter yeah Looking back at like uh, photographing all those amazing people, um, what do you think you kind of learned about like working with all these like people that are kind of like doing such big things in the world? Like, what do you kind of take away from like working with all these like uh, really talented and smart people? You think? Oh yeah. Well, I I wish I had more time to talk to them. A lot of people I think who I thought were going to be really stiff, like Zuckerberg, were very charming. Um, I think I learned that they're people like everybody else and they're nervous. They get nervous. And that was like really interesting to see um, or awkward and I'm awkward. So like, you know, you just never know going into a scenario what like you should always throw your expectations out the window and just kind of the importance of um, just making people comfortable. I learned a lot on how to disarm people very quickly, mm-hmm. how to like make it very pleasant for people who are nervous or um who maybe like you know aren't as practiced or polished or maybe are too polished like what do you do with somebody who's had media training like ugh, oh they stand there and they do their like weird smiles and stuff you gotta like pull that apart mm-hmm. um they were like why are you so close to me for i i just think like i learned more about i think when you're making stuff, you learn way more about yourself than you do the other person, honestly. But I learned to navigate, like, not be so fearful. Mm-hmm. Recently, I did, um, I had an amazing assignment for New York Magazine where I got to 
go um, for, I spent all week long uh, covering the final um, episode of Veep. Oh, yeah, like I, saw, yeah I saw that. that. That looked pretty cool. Yeah, and, like, I think having the experience that I had with the Wired story, like, and I've since photographed a lot of famous people. Like, I have to update my website, basically. That website is, like, a year old. Yeah. I've done so much since, and I think, like, it just put me at ease. It just taught me to be more confident. Yeah. To, to put people at ease, to put myself at ease, and that it's it's okay. Like, these are just people. Mm -hmm. And if they're not nice, like, I've had some... I've had some weird experiences with some famous people that they weren't the nicest mm -hmm. and that always depresses me. Sometimes you don't want to meet your heroes and stuff. Like they're not that warm or welcoming or they don't want, yeah. they're like, it's part of the job. They have to get their photo taken. So they just give you the minimum or sometimes even less than that. And yeah. they just don't want it. Like, you know, you have to humanize people. You have to see like it from their perspective, you have to do the best you can and persevere. Mm. And yeah, I think, and that's like, kind of what I and not take it personally. Like if someone's rude to yeah. you, like, cause I, I, I interviewed Joe, I don't know if you know, Joe Pugliese. He's, he's a big celebrity photographer in mm. LA. And uh -huh. he, he was kind of talking about, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. he was talking about that where like, he's like, yeah, you know, like if someone's mean to you on a shoot or they're just not happy, it's not, it's not a reflection of yourself. Cause it's just like, yeah. It's like they don't, they don't know you. Yeah, exactly. They don't know you, so it's just like, yeah, because I've definitely felt that way too before. And then, yeah, it's kind of it's it's a weird thing because you're dealing with so many different people. It, it's interesting uh, being a portrait photographer, you know. Yeah, for sure. Like you know, the best photos are people that like give you something. They give you, and if they don't want to give it to you, you feel it in the photo. The reader's gonna feel it. You're gonna feel it. There's yep. no energy, no spark, no connection. Yeah. And then it's not like I think that there's a a sad kind of take on photography lately, which is that it's just this like function. It's a function for media. It's a function to make people famous or to like like that. But it's an art. And like I think like for me, when I'm coming at another artist I'm like, hey, I'm an artist too. I have something to say. I have this perspective. If you work with me here on this, if you give to me like I'm giving to you, we'll make something really special. But often you go into these scenarios and they're like, this is another function of my life. This mm -hmm. is like um, a tool to, I have to do this PR stuff to stay famous or this is part of the job or this is part of the thing. Then you're just going to get this like lifeless. Yeah thing and that's why you can't take a person i mean they're photographed like sometimes these people you know it's out of your control photograph them in their hotel room yeah like there's just a lot you know, of things out of your into, control yeah. yeah yeah but it definitely helps when they're present and they're like For you sure. know so that's a lot on you to be charming i'm not very charming <laughs> like that's not true you're charming <laughs> thanks i'm charming you right now but like i think for the, for the most part, like, I get really shy, yeah. and, like, you know, so when, the, you know, it's all about energy, man. but sometimes I just really feel people that feel me, it works out, whether they're on the street, whether they're famous, whether they're, yep. you know, you know, it's for a story, a journalistic piece, whether, whatever, there's, like, you know, meaning to be had with the connection that's made between you and a, and a subject yeah for sure it's very special and, sacred you know you know i saw on your instagram you recently shot a interesting piece for time magazine where i think you're photographing oh, that was cool. uh gay bars i think they did a whole time Mag time magazine yeah. does a time magazine does a really great job with their instagram stories because i saw your photos on there yeah. and that's how i kind of saw it and um i think it was basically for pride month what was that kind of project yeah. what was that project all about 
that's a funny story because like literally like me and my partner i'm queer so me and my partner were getting ready to go to a wedding that we had been planned on going to for like two months with a family friend in mexico like Mm -hmm. in wine country in mexico it's kind of like a couple hours outside of san diego and uh we were packed and the car was packed up and we're like ready to go literally and i get this call um from a uh, photo editor at time and I never shot over time before. And it's kind of like, damn bucket list. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, time is calling me to shoot a pride story. Okay. So I'm sitting on the bed, like bags packed. I'm like, um, oh, hello. Hello. She's like, her, her name is Marie Spias. And she's like, um, so Michelle, you know, would you like to do this? And I look at my partner, we're looking at each other and I'm like, Oh man, like yeah. I'm supposed to be in Mexico this weekend for a wedding. And it was in San Francisco to shoot. Oh wow. So I'm like, oh, Opposite I direction. cannot say, yeah, I'm like, I cannot say, I'm like, you know, my, my partner turns to me and she's like, we could do it. We can do it all. We'll just do it. We'll figure it out. And yep. I just said, yes. And she's like, I'm locking you in. I'm like, lock me in. You can't say no to time. Yeah. And then, so it was super meaningful. Like it's a whole other conversation, you know, about queer politics, but mm-hmm. like, I, I felt very honored to be part of that story and to be able to tell, you know, even a small bit fraction of the story of this bar and gay bars mean so much to me. And I think they're also really sacred spaces and they're really important for queer people. Mm. And they're having a battle right now. They're all closing down or like a lot of straight people are taking over and it's just like Mm. super annoying. We're losing our sacred spaces. So I I thought it was really meaningful. And so basically like hung up the phone, ended up like, it was crazy. We rented a car instead of driving our own car. We rented a car, dropped it off in San Francisco. So we drove to San Francisco, dropped it off, stayed the night, like next day, got a visit to friends. I have a lot of editor friends and photo friends in San Francisco is really nice. Yeah. Then like that night shot the story, like stayed up to three in the morning shooting the story. It was like crazy. Had a best time. Like met so many kind people. Next morning, (laughs) got on a flight, San Diego, rented another car, and then drove across the border. Literally made it in time as they were staying there about. (laughs) They pulled up. Like we literally rented a Dodge Challenger to drive fast. (laughs) We drove like we like cut it down to like an hour drive into Mexico for San Diego. Holy shit. Beautiful, beautiful wine country. We're like, wow, where are we? Pulled up to the location outside wedding. Everybody's seated. They're like saying their vows and we like walk in. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, make it happen. Yeah, then we like Yeah, then we like partied for the wedding. Next morning we like literally took our rental car to get it back to LA. Sat in line on the border for five hours. Damn. Five hours in a car. Damn. Like, total mess. That's, that's, Super interesting scene. Like, that's another story. Yeah, I thought it was that's, really interesting. That's the, uh, that's, that's the grind of photographer. Yeah. But, but I guess, like... Yeah, that's like, what people don't know. They yeah. get the glamorous side. Like, oh, you shot for time, which was really awesome. But then I'll um, alongside some amazing other photographers, like Zara Kavafsky and stuff, like, all these really cool people. Um, and then like, but you know, that's the reality where you're like, yep. you know, it's hard work. I no guess joke. like I gotta, wor- working, yeah. working on that project. Like, what are you hoping people will take away from like looking at those pictures? You think? Um, yeah, I guess like, you know, just like, I don't know how much it contributed to the story. It's like three photos. Yeah. Like I shot a lot more, mm-hmm. but 
just like to be open to be respectful and responsible when it comes to you know like being a queer ally what does that mean mm-hmm. like that night actually there was like it was like 99.9 percent straight people in that bar and that's like a very traditional queer bar lesbian bar mm-hmm. like traditionally and like so that's a whole other political story but like just if you're a straight person and you find yourself partying for fun in a gay bar just be small be respectful recognize that this is not your space, that the space has inherently been historically important for making it okay for queer people to just, like, live their lives like everybody else. And that's kind of what I want to... And, like, to celebrate, like, make more room, like, be gentle with queer people. It's hard to be queer people. Yeah, I can go on. That's, like, a whole other conversation. Literally, like, there are people dying, there are people, like, taking their own lives, there are people like loving and happy there are all kinds of queer people and you know it's a fight it's a battle every day and like mm-hmm. like these photos are important it's important when big magazines tell these stories in a respectful responsible way because like mm-hmm. straight people need to see and like be open to and also we need to see ourselves represented in big magazines and in important stories and like you know all that kind of stuff in a respectful responsible way yeah, no. It's it very meaningful. That's like when you're a journalist, you know, I get to do these amazing stories. It's like, that's why it's a responsibility. You know, that's like you want to represent correctly. You want to do the story justice. You want to do the people justice because it's, it's magic. It's like important. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's the power of photography. It's like you're, you're, conveying, a, you're conveying a message. And uh, it was a powerful series because it wasn't just you. It was a bunch, yeah. it, it was a bunch of photographers. Yeah. So it, it was interesting to see everyone's kind of perspective, you know, because it's a... Uh, Take on it. At least totally. for me, because I'm, 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 I'm just a straight white guy. So it's I don't know about that world yeah. that much. So it's like anything I can learn and hopefully, uh, you know... Yeah, push be things, open. Yeah, like, be open, push things forward and uh, get a get under, better yeah. understanding of... Uh, other people's life so it was good but um i guess just to kind of like wrap up michelle like you've been doing this for a while like uh what kind of keeps yeah. what not keep... really isn't that crazy <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean you've been working That's in the create you've been working in the creative field yeah. like, as producers yes, so yes. you understand this yes, world yes. um what kind of keeps you inspired and kind of any goals moving forward for your photography work yeah um i want to do let's see more stories from editors more interesting stories i i would like editors to take a chance on me on more serious stories i get a lot of really fun stories i think because of the nature of my flash and the colors and everything and it's like seems to be a good fit that i do really fun stories but i also would like to tackle more meaningful stories um uh jackie bates at california sunday um like I think has given me some like a, at least a couple of chances to do some serious stuff. And I really appreciate that. Uh, Cause sometimes a lighter touch on a serious story can be really interesting too. Um, and then uh, I like, I would like to show my street photography. I would like, you know, another show. These are my hopes and dreams I'm expressing to you here. I like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> museums, you know, all of that stuff. And then just to like get, you know, to grow. I think I'm in a growing spurt right now. I think I'm experimenting with stuff that I'm not necessarily sharing, but uh, the stuff that I do share, I think is showing that I'm growing and everything's kind of coming together. Um, I want to do more brand work. I want to work with brands. I, I know that sounds like a sellout thing, but I think bringing 
um, an artistry and a raw expression to some of the stuff could be really fun. I'm really open to it. I think it's interesting. And um, I think all those walls that were, you know, and all those like um, fears and, and, and everything that were expressed back in the day about like staying in your lane and like selling out and all that stuff. I think it's a lot of bullshit. I think we're inundated with, with visuals and images, like they might as well be interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for the, for the sport of it and, for, and to collaborate with people. And yeah. I love fashion and all that stuff. So slowly, slowly I'm getting more brand work and um, I would like that more. And then, um, yeah, like just, uh, I have a couple projects in mind, one about my suburb where I grew up in. So I'm looking to apply for some grants I'm getting ready for. Nice. And um, there's a project if anybody out there listens to this that wants to sponsor me, because I would love to go. And um, I've been shooting a project called Miss Amazing the last few years, and it's a pageant for women with disability. And I just love them so much. I think that they uh, really, really, really support um, uh, young women and imbue them with um, a sense of confidence and a love of self. And I'm all about confidence and love of self, and especially for young women uh, of all walks of life. And, it's a very meaningful project for me. It happens this summer. I would love for somebody to send me back to it. Um, if not, I'll post him myself. That's it. I Just like living it. my life, being I, a good person. I like it, Michelle. You know, I'm recently engaged. Yeah. Oh, congrats. Okay. Congrats. Well, uh, Thanks, dude. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate your enth- yeah, man. enthusiasm. And thank you. for people listening, where's the best place to check out your work? Um, Michelle Groskoff on Instagram, mgroskoff.com. However, that needs a serious update. That's just old. But you can see the Wire 25 right. and some of my work from like two years ago. I'll, I'll link um, it. I'll link it. And uh, yeah. Yes, please do. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I actually want to tell you about a new image transfer tool I've been using lately called PickDrop. PickDrop's a really great tool for whenever you need to send off those files to your clients or whoever you're working with. You can create private galleries, different folders for whatever various assignments you're working on. And your clients can actually write notes on the photos you send to them and rate them. It's just a really easy way to keep all your files organized in one spot uh, whenever for when you need to send them off to your clients. Um, for years, I was using like Dropbox and WeTransfer and things like that. But with PicDrop, it was actually designed by photographers, so they really understand what photographers need. And actually, with today's episode, if you enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, you're going to get three months free when you sign up at PickDrop.com. So definitely go check it out and let me know what you guys think. And remember to enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, and you'll get three months free. And also, just have to give a big thank you to our guest, Michelle Groskopf. Um, Really enjoyed speaking with her. A lot of respect for all the work she's done. She just has a real passion for what she does. Um, So definitely go check out Michelle's work at uh, at Michelle Groskopf on Instagram, as well as her website, uh, mgroskopf.com. Lots of cool work up there. A really cool project she did with Wired that we talked about in the interview. So definitely go check that out. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, as well as on my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.